Apple's planning to announce an exciting new hardware feature at WWDC in a week and a half or so. What it means and why now? Stick around. Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Juliette Beauchamp. I'm here with Macworld's Michael Simon, as well as Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus. So you guys, I'm sure, I mean, you're the Apple fanatics, you're the Apple pros. Tell me a little bit I'm about the these new... Ken, Ken's the fanatic. I'm the, sure. I'm the fanatic, but, but, but I'm, a, the I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an unbiased journalist. I can't speak between for him. Both, exactly. Between both of us, you can probably get the story. Juliet, you must be talking about the, uh, the announcement or the expectation is going to be ARM processors in, the, uh, in upcoming Macs and what's going on with that, right? Yes. So what is it? What is an ARM processor? Ken, take it away. Well, I have to, I have to get my joke out of the way first. Uh, obviously, this means that future Macs will be armed and potentially dangerous. Um, <laughs> we could talk about this at, at length. You know, Apple has been looking to sort of move away from Intel for a while, or it, it seems like it has. Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be. But uh, and one clear way to do that would be for Apple to have its own processors in its hardware. And so the idea here is that coming up at WWDC, we're going to go beyond the usual iOS, macOS announcements. I'm sure there'll be a lot about that. And then Apple's going to talk about a move, which would be a pretty big shift, especially for developers, uh, from Intel to ARM processors in its hardware. Did I get that right, Michael, more or less? Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's the, the Reader's Digest version of what has been rumored to happen. And this is- I'm all about Reader's Digest. <laughs> This has been rumored for a long time. Apple has, you know, so we, we, this would be Apple's third major trip, a trip, chip transition. It started back in the 90s with PowerPC, which went from uh, Motorola 68,000 uh, processors, which was in the, the, the very early Macintoshes, had Motorola 68,000 chips, they were called. They kind of stopped being good in you know early maybe 91 ish and apple moved to what was called power pc at the time there was a big risk which is a play on words if anybody knows i got the very good michael yes i'm not the only jokester today carry on (laughs) and the reason why it was so risky is because intel was the main chip maker that at the time they, they had their pentium chips and they were in windows and they were all over the place and they were huge and apple went in a different direction and they thought PowerPC would deliver a better roadmap for what they wanted to do with the Mac. And they did for a while until mid 2000, about 10 years later. Yeah, about 10 years later. And about they 2005. Said, yeah. And at the time, and, and so at, the, at that time, we were up to the Power Mac G5 from G3, G4, and now with G5. And the gains there weren't great over the previous model, which was the G4. And even the G3, which was in their, their lower end, like the iMac and the iBook had G3s. And the, the gains weren't great. So where Apple was able to compete with Intel in the late 90s, in the mid, mid to late 90s, by the mid 2000s, they were not. And Steve Jobs at the time transitioned the entire team, the entire product lineup to Intel processors. And it was a big, big deal. And he famously said at the time that Intel allows us to make the computers we want to make for the next 10 years. Well, you know, quick reminder, you know, for people who may not be as old as you are, Michael, 
Um, you know, this was during the uh, the processor wars where there was a, a lot of, you know, fanboy back and yeah. forth. My computer's faster. I've got the Intel, whatever. My computer's really faster. I've got the power PC. And those, you know, especially on the power PC side, you know, those, as you say, those gains were getting more and more incremental. Right. And, you know, and, and it, at the time they would literally have what they call bake-offs on stage. Yeah. Like Steve Jobs would take a high-end Windows PC and pit it up against whatever the latest Mac that he was unveiling and, and talk about Pentium versus um, the, the, the G chips. And it, it was, it was a major thing. You're right. And, but that's all we had at the time. There was no iPad. There was no iPhone. There was no iPod. It was, it was computers. So everyone was laser focused on computers and speed and all that other stuff. Now, as we plan, as Apple plans its third, and I would assume last transition, because they're not going to transition away from their own processors. Correct. Macs aren't at all what they were. PCs aren't as all at, at all what they were. You know, the speeds that they deliver, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously faster than they were 10 years ago. They're faster than they were two years ago but that's not as important anymore. However, Intel has hit a massive roadblock, particularly when it comes to what Apple wants to do with the Mac. Just to get super technical, their Intel chips are still fabricated on a 14 nanometer die, which means that, that, that that's, that's the size of the chip. The smaller it gets, the more power efficient it is, the more speed per core and all these, these things that, that high-end people care about. The iPhone has a seven nanometer chip and will have a five nanometer chip in the fall. Now that is a massive difference. I'm not saying you can take an iPhone chip, plug it into a MacBook and have it run fast. However, Apple's gains and Apple's development, Apple's engineering on the chip side has long been better than what Intel is doing for the PCs. And from what we read and from what we hear and from what um, these rumors mean, it's now comfortable, it's reached a point where it can say, okay, we can take what we've learned with the iPhone and iOS and the iPad and bring it to the Mac. Yeah, you know, what's interesting too to think about is is the transition here, because I think that's why it, yeah. this is something that would come up at WWDC. If you remember the move from, from PowerPC to Intel took a year to 18 months. A and a lot of, yeah, and a lot of that's because software had to be recoded. You know, everything had to be redone to work with the new chip. Um, isn't that when Rosetta was, uh, was yes. part of the whole, yeah, that was sort of the bridge. And so I, I think the speculation, and I think it's valid is that you're looking at something along those lines, you're going to need some sort of transition so that apps that are built for, you know, running on hardware that's Intel based will be able to work, you know, in the six month to one year time frame on ARM based Macs. Yeah. And it, it might take a lot longer than six months or 12 months or, and listen, I'm not a developer, I'm not an engineer, but Apple has on Mac OS right now something called Catalyst. And what that does is allows iPad and iPhone apps to run on the Mac technically. So developers can take their iPhone app, uh, do some minor recoding, not a complete rewrite, and get those apps to run on the Mac. The apps that are on the Mac are not great, but they work. Now with Apple processors, that that whole process might be just a little bit more friendly. And, you know, there are apps that exist, Photoshop, for example, like they are there on the iPad and perhaps it won't be as difficult as a transition as it was from PowerPC to Intel. 
as it will be from Intel to whatever Apple calls, you know, these new processors. The other thing to think mm -hmm. about is the Mac isn't what it was. In 2005, there was no iPhone. So the Mac was it. But when everyone had a change, these developers had to get on board or else they were going to leave. You know, they were going to go to Windows because they needed the, you know, the, the, the Mac was the center and the only thing that we worked on. That's not the case. What are some of these, what does Apple have in store? What are its plans for the Mac that this chip is just going to be so much better suited for than the Intel chips? Michael, I mean, yeah, go for that. I wanted to ask, yeah, I, I was going to ask the same thing. The, 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 the number one thing is speed. You know, Intel, we, you know, every new Mac that comes out, Apple or iMac or whatever it is, they're, they're, the speed gains are incremental. You can look at the speed charts that we have on Macworld, comparing the MacBook that just came out to the one from last year, the year, one year before, you know, they're faster, but not much faster. iPhone, on the other hand, <laughs> the speeds are insane. And you can compare that to the best of Android. And you can compare it against a Mac using benchmarking tests, obviously, where, where it's a bit of an apples to orange type of thing. But if you compare just just the base processing capabilities, the iPhone chips are insanely fast. Now, aside from that, Apple obviously wants to make things that are different and better and thinner and more power efficient. And Intel's chips don't really allow them to do that. A smaller die process, again, that 14 nanometer thing down to five or seven nanometers will allow them to make uh, to make laptops that last hours longer. Right now, you know, we haven't had a, you know, five hours, seven hours, three hours, whatever the, 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 the battery life is of your MacBook, it's been the same for four to seven, five years. It, it, it hasn't really gotten all that much better. And then there's the design thing. You know, Apple is constrained by heat, by size, by logic boards and things like that. And if it controls the whole thing, you can see it in the iPhone. Look at the iPhone versus the Galaxy S20. It's, 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 and it, it's inherently better designed because Apple controls the whole process. Samsung buys its chip from Qualcomm. So it's constrained a bit with what it can do because of what, you know, whatever Qualcomm gives them, they have to work around that. Apple can design the chip to fit the device and the device to fit the chip and henceforth really do things that it, 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 it's really hamstrung right now to do with the Mac. Inevitably, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, Apple has long wanted to be in control of its entire supply yes. chain. It hates, hates, hates having to rely on Intel or any other supplier for a key component because, as you say, it, it keeps it from advancing in the way that it wants to go. You know, and I, also I Apple is a very small part of Intel, so Intel isn't focused on Apple at all. Right, right, which is part of the problem. I wonder if one of the reasons, in addition to, you know, of course, speed and efficiency, which makes a great deal of sense, if one of the things that Apple is also eyeing is the ability to, you know, to sort of evolve some of the, the, the subsystems that work with these chips, you know, things like AI and ML or AR and VR. I mean, those are things that if you're relying on Intel chips and Apple has certain plans, I don't know what they are, but, you know, obviously it, it looks to, it wants to go in those directions, I think you know, that maybe Intel is stopping Apple from doing what it wants. You think that's part of the sure. equation too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look, you look at the iPhone chip and it has a neural processor in there, it has um, um, diff different co-processes that work with the chip. The, the Mac does too. We have a, there's the secure enclave, there's a, there's a T1 chip, but it's, Apple is still limited with, with how much it can do with Intel's chip. Intel doesn't have any AI stuff at all in the Mac. 
So yeah, absolutely. And I also think we'll see more of a marriage between iOS and the Mac. I mean, it's there already on the software side, but the, the, by, by controlling the chip, by controlling the entire internals of that machine, they'll be able to advance that even more than we see now. So what are the, obviously you guys said that this is gonna be like a six or 12 months at minimum rollout. What yeah. are some of the new, well, I guess what's the, the newest Mac that's going to be that's going to have this chip? And is that something that's going to be announced also at WWDC? I mean, I would guess not. They are, th there are rumors that there's going to be new hardware, uh, possibly a new iMac. If that's the case, that'll still be running on Intel. They can't possibly throw a new machine out there without letting developers get their hands on it for a, for a significant amount of time because it's going to be a nightmare for everybody. So yeah, whatever the announcement of WWDC hardware-wise, if anything, will be Intel. Um, the way it worked last time, and that's all we really have to go on, is they announced it in June, the Intel Switch. They gave developers a, a, a kit, which was basically a Power Mac G5 at the time that had an Intel processor in it, along with an Intel version of OS X on it, the, the latest version of OS X that was running on, you know, on Intel on the x86 intel core and they gave them time to develop all their apps and to get everything to work the first macs didn't arrive until the following january at macworld which was an imac and a macbook pro 15 inch which at the time were the two biggest machines that they did the most popular machines i don't know how it works now right now i don't even know what the most popular mac is because they only sell you know, what, 4 million a quarter, which is a lot. But, well, if you, you want know, to be flippant about it, it's probably the iPhone, which of course is not a Mac. Yeah, right. That's, say, that's what I was going to say. I they mean, sell 40 the million popular, iPhones. Yeah. That's the popular <laughs> device. But I, right. I think you're right. You know, uh, Johnny Evans wrote about this for Computer World this week about how do you basically bring the developers along. And, you know, I, I think at, at one point back when uh, the, the PowerPC to Intel switch was going on, there, there was like, as you say, the hardware kit. I think later on they offered maybe some, some, uh, rebates or price cuts yes. for the developers if they wanted to yeah, buy the new hardware. Yeah, because that thing was a, it was a thousand bucks. They charged developers to get that machine, and then yeah, down the line they could trade that in for a newer Mac or uh, the, the production models. Yeah. Do you think that something the fact that something like Catalyst is available might make things easier for for developers I on mean, both I, sides? I, I hesitate to say easier because I don't want to I don't want to undermine the work that these developers will need to do, but I think it might be smoother. In the okay. sense that, you know, Apple is going to appeal to iOS developers, to iPad developers, to, uh, to iPhone developers and say, hey, look, this is another avenue for a revenue audience. And, you know, just to develop your product and to get it into a more robust ecosystem. But ultimately, if, the, if Apple loses some developers, you know, like, like somebody like Adobe aside, but I think there's a lot of developers that Apple just doesn't really care about on the Mac right now. I mean, yeah. I think they care about their iOS developers and the Mac is a nice kind of subsection of that. But they're gonna think this, I think that this push is going to be, hey, iPad developers, you wanna get on a Mac now too. Yeah, it's unlikely you're gonna to wanna to see a lot of Mac developers looking to get on iOS if they haven't already. You know, I, I don't right. know that there's many that are, that are sort of desktop or laptop only. Um, I, I wonder too if this is something that that 
could help Apple with its profit margins. You know, if they're bringing this development in-house and they, they can sort of, you know, either pad the margins or maybe undercut the competition in terms of the, the hardware that they're developing. Sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Apple Apple likes its 38% um, profit margin. It's been- Don't we all? That. If you, you, can, you can look back going 10 years and it is like a laser between 36 and, and 39. I mean, it, it, it's, it's always there. But what it could do is allow them to add more storage or add bigger screens or, you know, if, if, if you're saving costs here, you can engineer more here and still offer, a, you know, a $1,300 MacBook Pro. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what, what that brings. Um, I think it's more of an issue for Intel. Even though Apple is a small part of their bottom line, Apple is a very visible very oh you got the halo factor i mean customer intel yeah. loses apple is a big deal i think so too and i think that you know whether it it, it might not affect their monthly their, their initial quarterly earnings but i think over time the cachet matters yeah so here's my so, here's my question and and this is probably the last question i have until we find out more from wbc but all right so my new 16 inch macbook pro obsolete in six months or a year or nah. no now last time so again judging just based on the intel they didn't stop supporting power pc in os 10 like until three years four it was, years no, it, was, it was five it was 2011 okay was the last version that supported it was lion i think mac os 10 lion i might be wrong about that but it, it, it was many years it was long past the shelf life of what you would be happy with for a mac so okay. you're not going to not be able to get Mac OS 10.16, 17, 18, 19. Don't worry about that. And I wouldn't discourage anyone from buying a Mac now. I might encourage it, to be honest. Why? Because there are bumps. There's bumps along the road. This might not go as smoothly. Those first ARM Macs might not work as well as you want them to work. They might not have the app support that you want. Whatever emulation environment Apple is going to develop to run Intel apps it will crash. It will have issues. It's not going to be as smooth as as the, as the systems are right now. And right now, there's issues because you got 32-bit apps and 64-bit apps. It's like you know, these things aren't easy. So unless you're want to be on the cutting edge and you don't really necessarily need your computer to work rock solid for work, I would not buy one of those first Apple-based laptops yeah. or I will not I, I I do agree with you there is a price to be paid for the cutting edge yeah. it, it's it's really cool and in the old days every new chip I was always excited about getting the new uh, MacBook or MacBook Pro or whatever just to try it out but at this point I'm happy to hang back for two or three years and wait and see how it how it all shakes out yeah I mean I hope it doesn't I hope it's like two years I hope it's like a year or maybe you know I hope they figure it out quickly but yeah um you know what, what it's it's funny because the Mac may be a small part of Apple's, you know, big giant pie chart, but it's an important part for the people who use it. Like people aren't buying Macs as much for casual use. They're buying it for what they need. So Apple has to kind of get this right and get it right quickly or else they're going to lose that the small, the small audience that they have this, that is, is going to go away because they're going to have to because things aren't working right. So well, it's a tricky, assume, it's a trickier transition in some ways, and it's an easier transition in other ways. Don't you assume Apple has had ARM-based Macs running oh, for, for sure. three, four, five years? I mean, this has Absolutely. been rumored for a long, long time. Yeah, th Once, that's what. 
when they announced Intel, Steve Jobs got on that stage and said, "Hey, we've been we we've had an Intel x86 version of OS 10 for the last four generations. You just you just never saw it." Yeah, they have to. But just because OS 10 works doesn't mean the apps will work. You know, right, if, right, right. But hopefully, so I would assume that uh, you know this is not just something they're pulling out. Of the OS, They've been working on this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there's a lot of moving parts here, and they have to. It's gonna be interesting. You know, they're gonna have to make some decisions about what to cut and what to keep and they're going to have to make they might just say you know what there is no emulation environment this is it now we're doing this and if you if you can handle it buy it if not you know stick with your current i don't know i don't know how they're going to handle it but it's it's going to be a tricky transition it's a good transition and ultimately i think will pay huge dividends for not just the mac but whatever that mythical future devices that does everything we wanted to do you and the mythical device I, I, it's getting closer it does exist. it's getting closer it michael <laughs> the pieces are falling into place you know <laughs> yeah all right cool. all right i well, guess we'll know in a couple of weeks yeah it's it's pretty exciting i think this is more exciting than getting a new ipad i mean this is I, i'm very anxious to see how they spin this what what the reaction is in the developer community and um, what those first mac first macs look like and how fast they are Great. Well, thank you both so much for calling in, and we'll definitely have more about Apple's official announcement. I have to imagine we'll probably chat about it after WWDC. I cannot nah, say W. Nothing to talk about then. <laughs> Just go WWDC, Julia. Dub, WWDC. I, it's easier. I like that better. But um, next week, for sure, be sure to um, come back, and we'll be doing a WWDC preview of sorts. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Ken, so much for calling in. And thank you for your jokes. I'm glad that we can't see me on camera at all times so you didn't have to see me <laughs> shaking my head. All right. <laughs> Settle down. I haven't missed my second calling. All right. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. Hit the bell notification in the corner so you're notified every single time you post a new video. If you have any questions, comments about the new ARM chips, leave them in the comments below. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time.